0: this is dear analyst episode number 34 and in this episode i will be talking about how to use vlookup with this column index tip or trick i guess you could say for quickly finding the column number for your VLOOKUP formula, and it's one of my favorite little hacks I use when I have a really really big lookup table. Usually, it's when I have you know 10, 20, 30 plus columns in my my list of data, and you know how when you write the VLOOKUP formula, you have to return back the column number in the formula, which you know you just are counting straight from the left, one, two, three, and so on and so forth and how do you quickly find the column number without having to individually count one, two, three from the left, which is like your lookup column, all the way to the right to find the column you want. Because sometimes the column you want might all might be all the way in column 30, and it's really a pain in the butt to have to count every single time to the right to get your column number for your VLOOKUP formula. So in the Google Sheet that I have Link to in the show notes. I give three different examples, kind of like in increasing complexity on how I normally do this with putting in the column index. So the list of data is a pretty simple list. I mean, this is for this type of list. I wouldn't use this VLOOKUP trick to get the column index because it's only five columns. We're looking at the list. Given this, this month is Pride Month. I got a list of all the Uh, Pride events, LGBT LGBT events that take place in the United States along with the location of the event, the official website, when the event occurs every year and also the year that the event started taking place. So let's take a look here. We have five columns. We have how many events do we have? 270 events and 268. And the first formula I have in cell H6, it's a VLOOKUP formula. And the key thing here, well, there's two things in terms of context before I explain what I'm doing here. So for cells A2 through E, let's see here, E270, I have a, that's my list of data, and I've actually defined this list of data as a named range in Google Sheets. And I called that name range named range pride events, and you'll see that in the formula if you are looking at the Google Sheet. So in cell H six, I have a VLOOKUP formula where I'm looking up the event, which is in column G. So I'm trying to find the year in which that event started uh, in my new table of data. So I have two columns in my final t- list of t- my final list. I have event, and then I have start year. So, I have three events listed Blue Ridge Pride, Charlotte Pride, and Cincinnati Pride. And the VLOOKUP formula looks up that event since the event name is the left hand most column in, in my data set. And then I do a VLOOKUP on G6, which is the name of my event, comma, Pride events, which is the named range for my list of data. And then I say, comma, E1, cell E1, reference E1, comma, zero, which is doing an exact match. So what is that E1? Normally after the, the you list out your table that you want to do V lookup on, you list the column number that you want to pull back from your lookup table. And normally you put the column number here, but instead I put a, instead I put a cell reference, which is E1. Now what is E1? In the Google Sheet, in row one, uh, this is the basically the gist of the trick. Above the column header, of your data set, you put a row just to indicate what column number is that column. So in cell A1, I have the number 1. In cell B1, I have cell A1 plus 1. In cell C1, I have cell B1 plus 1. And then you can just drag the formula over to the right, and you're just going to get the column number, in this case, 1 through 5 for columns A through E. So now you know that lgbt event corresponds to column 1, location corresponds to number 2, and then all the way down start year corresponds to column number 5 as the index, right? So when I say in the vlookup formula reference cell e1, what I'm really reference what I'm really saying is look at the number or column index in cell e1, in which case in this case it is number 5 which is the fifth column from the left of the first column, which is LGBT event. So it's the same thing, instead of having to count one through five, I have a formula that does, a simple formula that does all the hard work for me, which is basically counts the number of columns from the left index column in my dataset. And when I drag the formula down, I just basically get the start year for that pride event. So. Not a super crazy hack here. It's uh, normally I do this type of trick when I have a separate sheet that I'm trying to do a VLOOKUP on on, from a lookup table on another sheet. And I don't want to constantly flip back and forth to find the column number and then like go back to my sheet and write the column number. In this case, I would just write the VLOOKUP formula and then instead of counting the number, I would just, instead of counting the number of columns from the left-hand side, I would just click on that row one, which contains the column number of the column I want to pull back. And then that cell basically contains the number, basically contains, that cell reference is the number that I want to eventually put into the VLOOKUP formula. And that's a simple applied way of using the VLOOKUP formula on a really big data set in terms of columns. So let's get a little more advanced here. So in the second example, I have this example where I say vlookup with the column index above your new table that references lookup table So what does that mean? So I have four columns now that I want to pull I want well, actually I have three columns. I want to pull information from the first column is event This is hard-coded information. I just have three events the same events Blue Ridge pride Charlotte pride Cincinnati pride and this time I want to pull back the website the start year and the location in that order and this is a little tricky because the column order in the column order that I want to pull information back is not the same as the way the column numbers are columns are laid out in the actual lookup table. So, for instance, in my new table, I want to have website be column two, but in my data set, website is actually column number three. In my new table, my start year is my third column, but in my data set, the start year is actually the fifth column. So there's a mismatch here between the column number in my new dataset and the column number from my actual lookup table. So in my new table, you'll notice that in row 16, if you're looking at the Google Sheet, instead of referencing, instead of using the VLOOKUP formula with the column index number from the worksheet, what I do here is I actually, above my new table column headers, not my old table, my new column headers, I also put the index number of that column name that I wanna pull back. So my first column is number one, my second column is three, my second third column is five, and the fourth column is two. Now what does one, three, five, two represent? That represents the, the column number from my lookup table that I wanna pull back into my new table. So for instance, in my website column, my VLOOKUP formula is VLOOKUP G18. G18 contains my pride event, comma pride events, which is my dataset, comma H16. Now, what is H16? H16 is this random index number I put above my new column, my new column header, which represents the column index from my lookup table I want to pull back. Because official website is the third column from the left, from the from the left, um, in my lookup table. And so now that I can quickly uh, pull this column number from my um, lookup table, I can quickly write the VLOOKUP formula without even having to go back to my lookup table. That column index number is right in my new table where I'm doing kind of like my calculations. Now the big question that comes up a lot of times is what happens if you have to move columns around? Sometimes your data you're pulling from a database and the data comes in the same format, the column order is the same, that's great. But there are other times, depending on like, you know, how you're pulling the data and the SQL query, maybe the column order will change. So what happens if, let's say, official website moves from column three to column two? So if you insert a blank new column between columns A and column B, and I cut and paste column D into column B, it's gonna completely mess up the, um, the the table that you're pulling data from, the new table that you're trying to pull data into rather. And the reason why this messes up is because you notice that in the lookup table, the first row contains your column index number and because you're cutting and pasting, that formula you had originally, which was one um, B1 equals A1 plus 1, C1 equals B1 plus 1, that formula gets messed up, so your column indexes always have to be sequential from 1 through the number of columns. And so frequently, if I know my columns are changing, I mean, there's I haven't figured out a way to automate this yet, but like I basically am constantly... Uh, rewriting the formula in column B1 to say A1 plus one and then dragging that formula to the right just so I can have sequential numbers in, cell A1, in row A1 to contain the column index of my dataset. And once you drag and drop those numbers across in the lookup table, in this second scenario where I put the index number above the column header of my new table, Those numbers will change as well, and then those numbers will drive the table where you're doing the VLOOKUP because now you're pulling the VLOOKUP based on this new index number above your new column header. I know it's kind of hard to to explain over audio, but if you look at the example in Google Sheets, it'll make a lot more sense if you try to cut and paste and move columns around in your core dataset. Okay, so the last co- last example, this is kind of taking it to the more extreme, but also automates things a little bit more. And you can actually, well, let me first explain what happens here. I have the same kind of structure and hack, if you will, as my previous example, where I have my new column headers. So in this case, I have LGBT event, start year, location, and occurs every whatever date. These columns are not the same, that column order I just, I just explained is not the same column order as my actual dataset. So I have to kind of do some engineering to basically pull back the right column index for my VLOOKUP formula. Now, if you look in row 25, I'm putting the column index above my new column header again. But this time, instead of manually referencing the uh, the column index number for my lookup table, I actually use in this case I use the match formula and what this does is it try it basically looks at the column header name which is just the row below and it tries to match that column name in the actual column headers of the lookup table so for instance when I try to match the formula is match g26 g26 contains the column name that I want to pull back from my lookup table Comma A2 colon E2. That is the range that contains all the column headers from my lookup table, and then comma zero just is just as an exact match, and that match formula will basically return the column index from that lookup table. So that order ends up being one five two four in this example, and the the reason why this automates things a little bit is because again you don't have to reference the column index by pressing equals and then clicking on the row one of the lookup table, you can just rely on this match formula to find that index for you automatically. And then once, of course, once you have that index number above your column header in the new table, you can just do a VLOOKUP referencing that that index number and you'll get the information pulled in correctly. In this case, I'm pulling column five, then two, then four. Um, The nice thing is also if you cut and paste and move columns around, then the, that match formula will still work because it's just, basically it's trying to match that, that uh, header name with the lookup table header name. You can actually further automate this a little more by, instead of having to create a separate row for the column index number above your new table, what I have here is VLOOKUP G27 comma pride events H25, for instance, in my first cell of data that h25 contains the column index number but you could easily replace that column index number with the match formula that i have in row 25 and that could basically just re- it just removes one row of unnecessary data um, but it might make things harder to debug down the line when you're trying to figure out how this lookup formula is working in the first place so that is how you can use the match formula in row 25 to automatically pull in the column name from the lookup table. So the problem here, the main downside of this uh, solution is that the new table column headers have to exactly, the name, the spelling, the punctuation, all that stuff has to match exactly as the original lookup table. Whereas with the previous two solutions, you can actually write whatever column headers you want because you're not doing an exact match on the new table column headers to the lookup table. Uh, So it kind of depends on how creative you want to get with the new column headers in your new table um, because uh, the match formula kind of makes it, it basically gives you a constraint where you have to name things exactly as what they are named in the original uh, lookup table. So that's a simple hack, simple tip, simple trick. Oh, I guess it depends on, how, depends on how you define simple that I like to use when writing VLOOKUP formulas for very long column headers, for very long tables, I mean, in terms of the number of column headers in the table. And hopefully you'll find that useful with your VLOOKUP formulas going forward, given that VLOOKUPS, the VLOOKUP is probably the third most used, I think it's the third most used formula in, in Excel. The uh, in the second half of this episode, I'm going to talk about not another podcast. Well, I think he has a podcast just called The Pomp or something. But I think I mentioned this podcast um, in a previous episode. But uh, Anthony, let me just make sure I get his name right. Anthony Pomp. Anthony Pompliano. Uh He also writes a newsletter called The Pomp Letter, and he wrote one on May 25th called. The title of the newsletter was called We Need More Software Engineering and Less Financial Engineering. And he talks about it in the from the perspective of the current pandemic. And there's a few kind of passages I I wanted to read out that I thought really stood out to me in terms of the difference between Silicon Valley and and Wall Street. So here he says, "Silicon Valley has a builder's mindset. They come up with ideas, work to implement them." attempt to create value from scratch the game is not zero sum you can win and your neighbor does not have to lose there are enough big problems in the world for everyone to solve one there are enough big problems in the world for everyone to solve one using technical solutions this community is built on the idea that the men and the women in the arena can solve their own problems by building and those that are successful will be rewarded economically i like to say that silicon valley has a software engineering mindset Wall Street has a wealth redistribution mindset. They're playing a zero-sum game. If you win, your neighbor loses. The market is made by having at least two participants that each believe something different is going to happen in the future. One is right and one is wrong. This wealth redistribution mindset is based on getting access to better information, being able to better analyze information, or having a larger balance sheet. There is a lot of, there's a, there's lots of capital movement, but it is merely the same capital changing hands over and over again. I like to say that Wall Street has a financial engineering mindset. Uh, Further on, he talks more about um, the differences between Silicon Valley and Wall Street. And I really like this paragraph about how the biggest difference he likes to say is, Silicon Valley encourages failure. Uh, The idea is that if no one is failing then the pace of innovation is not being pushed fast enough This is a mindset throughout the technology industry It's also built into the business models of the financial backers Venture capital funds are predicated on the idea that majority of the companies they invest in will likely lose their money But the select few that end up working out will create enormous economic value that makes up for those losses now uh, While this is a pretty good representation of venture capital I would say that this is also the case for a lot of uh, Wall Street people too. They're picking stocks, or picking companies that they want, they think are going to blow up. But at the same time, they also know that a lot of them will not um, eventually make it, if you will. And you know, he does also make the claim that this is not an exact comparison, and he doesn't say that this is uh, the the way he's describing Silicon Valley versus. Wall Street is an exact science or exact uh, definition, but he does bring out the fact that whilst, um, Silicon Valley does have this builder mindset and that it's very bottoms up and that someone with access to the internet can just go on their computer and just like start building something that millions and billions of people can use, while Wall Street, the way he portrays it, is more top-down and in terms of getting the Fed and other government agencies to basically – do bailouts and to set regulations that can, as he says, redistribute wealth to uh, the people in the in the society that want it the most, or have the ability to influence people to get the results they want. And I'm trying to see if there's anything else from this letter that is interesting. But yeah, those were. I thought this was a interesting way to describe how he thinks about a way to describe what's going on right now in terms of the virus, um, in terms of how different sectors of the economy are looking at uh, solving problems. And he kind of goes on to talk more, a little bit more about like how this is kind of a political thing and it's like an intellectual civil war. And uh, I don't want to really get into that part of the letter. Um, but I do like, he just says basically kind of sums it up by saying we need less financial engineering and more software engineering. There is no room for wealth redistribution or the complete evaporation of risk. Rather, we should be doubling and tripling down on what made the United States the global superpower in the first place, innovation, and the entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, so I think it may be hard to do that given that so many people do not are losing their jobs and don't have the uh, financial stability now to take these kind of risks, but um, at the same time, perhaps there are innovations still taking place now that um, Silicon Valley and other entrepreneurs are, are doing that are going to encourage more people to take risks that may not require a huge capital um, capital investment. And yeah, that's kind of like the main, uh, main message I got from this. And I don't think it's trying to say that, you know, if you work in Silicon Valley, you're awesome. And if you work in Wall Street, you're not. It's just trying to paint a mindset for how um, one can think about different sectors of the economy and I think it's an interesting interesting one and uh, I think depending on where where you work at work, work and what industry you're in, if you're in Silicon Valley you probably have some aspects of Wall Street that permeate into your work. And if you're in Wall Street you also have you may also have a builder mindset where parts of Silicon Valley come into your into your, your own world. So it's not a very black and white uh, division in terms of the mindset so i would highly encourage reading um, reading this letter and that will be it for this episode <laughs>